It's the right one. Oh, We're all good. Oh, no. I'll never forget episode uh, four. Wrong microphone. Uh, so terrible. Episode three was still the worst by far. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. Uh, never forget. Oh. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I will never forget stitching together an hour and a half of fucking... Two recap three seconds at a time or yeah two two or three seconds oh fuck oh yeah so much time like fucking oh anyways it's a good episode though good anyway. good book it's a it's a good episode <gasps> oh no we episode. have to be careful when the third graphic novel comes out next year we gotta be careful <laughs> the curse will carry over oh, no. into the graphic novel <laughs> oh no Oh, no. Oh, God. Uh. Anyways, here we are. Ready? Speaking of part three, you ready to talk about part three? Oh, my God, (laughs) am I? What the fuck? Let's go. Uh, Like, do you want me to just start (laughs) recapping? It's so good. so good. Okay, yeah, no no preamble. Let's just, let's do it. Okay. Okay, it's I got a lot of notes, so let's do this. All right. <laughs> oh, oh my god, I just read line one and I can't believe this is where we started. Oh my god. <laughs> yep. Okay. Alright, I'm ready. Bix was held in the mighty talons of Rorid as they flew. It was an amazing feeling to be flying. Before now, Bix had only known gliding, and while that was great, it was certainly no match for flying. Bix turned and looked over his shoulder to see a flock of raptodons following behind them, everyone holding a wabak who was holding a raglar. And as they flew, the raglars hummed this song about the joys of flying. And so for a time, it was amazing. But as they flew, it started to get colder, and they started to approach these clouds. And Bix began to worry and start saying, Hey, Rorid, can I ask you a few questions? And Rorid, a very grumpy old man, is like, <laughs> flying's best done in silence, but I guess you can ask me a few questions. <laughs> I love him. He's like, no, but I, I guess. I loved it so much. <laughs> I don't want like, this. I'll let you, but you should be quiet. <laughs> I don't care for this, but I suppose. <laughs> this is like the most old man moment he has. I know. Where he's like, no. He's just like, I just want to <laughs> sit with my paper quietly without talking but i am your grandfather so i must do this for you i must answer your question you are the ambassador thanks grandpa Rorid. grandpa Rorid. oh my heart my heart that's lord Rorid to you oh my god sabito calm down <laughs> fucking sabito sabito anyway. they got him so good anyways um Yeah, so they're approaching these clouds, and Bix is like, oh, we're gonna crash into those clouds. And Roid was super amused. He's like, no, (laughs) but you can just go through those. Clouds are not (laughs) solid, you idiot child. Yeah, but like the first, this first question, Roid was very much like, oh, you're kind of dumb, but okay. (laughs) This next one. (laughs) It's gonna be those (laughs) kind of questions. (laughs) right it's the idiot child question um this this next one bix is like how do we not crash into the stars and Rorid's like 
I swear to God, once we get, once this war is over, we're getting you to a school. <laughs> you kids always being on the run for your lives, not going to school, trying to survive. <laughs> it was very much like that. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> He's fucking dying. But he, I, this was so good. Um, and then he also mentioned that it was a great bowl that covers the sky at night. And I was like, well, that's also wrong, but okay. <laughs> the earth gets covered in a blanket for night-night time. Yes, the, the cage cover in the sky. Yep. <laughs> the cage cover. <laughs> I love that because he's a bird. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so Bix, after this, was like, sorry to keep asking questions, but why are there no stars in front of us? And Rorid's like, it's blocked by storm clouds. Like, what are you, you idiot child? Go to third grade. What are you doing? He's so done with her. He's so done with her. I mean, rightfully so. The questions are so bad. Yeah. Like, if Bix had have not asked if clouds are solid, none of this book would have changed. <laughs> <laughs> she's an ambassador to species, and she's been in many battles and had many adventures, but she doesn't know shit. And I appreciated that. <laughs> I appreciated that, too. Oh, so good. Oh, God, then it gets So, anyways, crazy. as they are... Yeah, this is where it gets. This is where blah, blah, this is where it gets super crazy. Um, so as they're going ahead, there's no stars, and Roy tells Bix that's because it's blocked by storm clouds, and he says this is going to get unpleasant. And there's this first snowflake that falls on Bix's nose, and she's like, "Oh, this is kind of charming and like wonderful." <laughs> how <twee>. But then they're <laughs> how wonderful, how beautiful, <laughs> how novel. Um, <laughs> But then it starts building and soon they're hurtling through this onslaught of snow and like they're covered in these thin sheets of ice and their fur is all stuck together. And then there's this boom that's so loud that Bix is deafened for a moment and this blinding light and they realize that they've flown into this lightning and thunderstorm. And Bix eventually starts to understand like, okay, well, when you see this flash of light, you close your eyes, plug your ears. But as one of these happens, Bix looks over her shoulder and there's this bolt of lightning that strikes a raptodon that's near them. And she watches as this raptodon, this Wobbick, and this Raggler just tumble dead to the ground. And she's like, that would not be the last one. Oh my god! It's this like beautiful, naive scene that just turns into yet more horror. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Fuck. It do. It do. It Dude, this is like chapter one. They're like, let's have a good time. Kidding. <laughs> they haven't even made it to the battle yet. Fucking violent ass death. Yeah, it's brutal. Yep. It's brutal. Ugh. Anyways. Okay, so moving on from here. This storm was like horrific and something that Bix would never forget. And it's cold, it's wet, Bix is covered in ice, and her shoulders ached, and her hands and her feet are losing feeling. But when 
finally they break through that storm, it's almost worth it because the sky is so beautiful in front of them. And while it's still cold, it's no longer quite as wet. And it was a testament to her exhaustion that Bix fell asleep. Uh, and she was asleep for a while until Rorid says, all right, wake up. This is something you're going to want to see. And it was. It was the fiery sunrise rising up over the side of the earth. And it's something that Bix would never forget. It was just so gorgeous and beautiful. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so beautiful. Um, they continued on until Rorid's like, all right, we're going to need to find a place to put you down. And Bix is like, what do you mean? And Rorid's like, we're going into battle and you're an ambassador. So we're going to put you down because Kara loves you. And I don't want to report your death to Kara. And Bix is like, that does make sense. But Tobble's going into battle. So I'm going to go too. Yay. And Rorid kind of laughs and is like, that's legit. <laughs> He's a cool grandpa. He says shit like legit. <laughs> Definitely. That's legit. exactly what he said. He never, never says legit. Okay. <laughs> fine. Fine. Um, so anyways, they're soon flying over this town where they see uh, women hurrying children into houses. And then they notice like there's these farmers with pitchforks and people with makeshift weapons. Definitely not soldiers. But at the front of all of them were Wode's men. And there's already, like, a bunch of dudes that are bandaged and limping. Like, they are already not doing good. And they're attempting to make this human shield to block in this town. But, like, there is handfuls of them. There is, like, a hundred of them. There are thousands. And there's these Philovits, there's the Terramints being ridden by men. And they this army has their own human line that's against Wode's men. But there's more men lined up behind them and ready to fight should this gap appear. And in the middle of it all, Bix can see their general. And so the Raptodons fly past this battlefield and then wheel back around to attack from the east. And Rorid's like, when you attack from the sky, you always got to have the sun at your back because it blinds your enemies. It's just, it's way better. Smart. Just do it. And so, so smart, right? Mm -hmm. So smart. Um, so they kind of wheel around to attack from the east, and they split off as they're coming around into these three big V formations. And then Rorid gives out this insane cry. And even though it's obviously a raptor cry, it's so loud and confident that there is no mistaking its intention that this is the start of their attack. So they swoop down over the field, and the first pass, they drop the Ragglers. And Bix sees firsthand why Tobble stopped her from touching the, the uh, Raggler that one night. And that's because if their spines, like, touch skin, like, even just kind of gently, their poison kicks in. And it's not like, oh, they have, like, a day and they die slowly. It's like these men begin to writhe and gasp within seconds of it touching them. And, like, they die. Like, Damn. right away. They die die Yay! yeah fuck right strong right these things are fucking intense yeah um so yeah they drop down all the ragglers in the first pass they come up again and now as they're looking down at the battlefield they're looking at this huge drayland army and there are gaps everywhere like men are dead everywhere the ragglers like fucking rot devastation on these people <laughs> um so they like <laughs> they wheel in again and then the archers get ready because they realize that that the uh the raptodons are about to attack a second time 
But like for the most part, when they fire these arrows, there's like enough like gravity and wind and everything that they don't make it high enough or they're super slow by the time they get there and easy to avoid. Except for one old raptodon vulture that just died. He got hit and died. And then the wabic that he was carrying tumbled and somebody impaled the wabic on a spear as it oh. fell. And right? Isn't that fucking brutal? This is a kid's Baby. Yeah. <gasps> and Bix is like, this would dishearten all the Wabics, but it did the opposite. Now all of the Wabics are in a rage. They have an <laughs> army of enraged Wabics. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so the second pass, the Raptodons come down low. They drop the Wabics, and these Wabics just go batshit and start, like, tearing off people's faces and God. all that kind of jazz. You know Wabics. Oh, yeah. You've met Wabics. Shit. <laughs> I know. Uh, so they're, they're bringing down the pain and then Rorid lets out another cry, but this one's a little different. And this time blue jays and crows and sparrows just jump into this fray from all over the place. And they start attacking these four terraments whose only weak spots are like their eyes and their underbellies. The birds <laughs> just keep going for their eyes and like, they just panic and freak out. Oh my God. But it's nuts. So badass. It's so nuts. This whole thing. It's just like wave after wave of like oh devastation God. on these on these Draylanders or whatever. It's the Draylanders, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's the Draylander army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Fucking. Yeah, they just like nerfing them. They fucking nerf them like so bad. Um. Okay, but then this this happens, which oh my is God. amazing. Oh my God. Yes. So the terraments are taken out by small birds and Rorid starts to tell Bix like, okay, we're going to go after the general. You need to warn me if there's anything behind me. And Bix is like, this is an order, not a request. So Rorid kind of drops Bix in front of the general. Bix hits the ground and rolls, pops up sword in hand. And the general's like, kill that thing. And Bix is like, what up? And that works as a distraction because while the general is like, kill this fucking weird thing that popped up behind me or in front of me, Rorid sweeps up behind him undetected, grabs his helmet and Bix is like, oh, Rorid's going to remove his helmet and then like, you know, do, do whatever like with his head. But then Rorid just crushes it in his talons, like absolutely obliterates this guy's face and head in this helmet. And Bix was like, oh, shit. Oh, tits. <laughs> like, Yep. Yeah. Fucking crushed his whole head, helmet and all. Crushed his whole fucking head. This is a kid's book. And this is this is a kid's book, guys. <laughs> this is for kids. Yay! At least so. Okay. Spoilers for Legend of Korra. Everybody, go away if you haven't seen this. But like, do you remember in season three? Cover your ears. The uh, do you remember the lady who had the combustion powers, like Sparky Sparky Boom Man? And she was getting ready to, like, blow someone up with her head. And one of the metal benders, I forgot who it was, I think it was Lynn, like, metal bended something around her head just as she was about to explode. And she, like, exploded her head and died off camera. Yes. Uh, it's, like, it yeah. kind of giving me that vibes. But she died off camera. This guy died definitely on camera. <laughs> Oh, shit. This guy super died on camera. Yeah. I think if they make it into a movie, they'll just have, like, Rorid's claws, like, wrap around his head, and then it'll cut away to Bix, like, flinching as you hear this, like, crushing noise. And then you'll just see him, like, oh. lying on the ground. 
That's how I do it anyway. I think. Oh my god, that's I. We our visions are so close. Okay, this is how I would do it. Almost exact same thing where you see Rorid grab the guy's head, flip the camera around, cut to Bix. But I would still have the guy's lower body in the shot. Oh. You hear the crunch, and then you just see him drop across camera. Oh frick! Yeah, yeah, for oh. kids, for kids, <laughs> for kids. Oh man. So good. Oh, but okay. Bix also has this badass moment right then. So while this guy's skull is getting fucking crushed, there is an archer that that is part of the Drayland army that starts taking aim at Rorid. And he's so close that Bix is like, there's no way he's going to miss. And so Bix just doesn't even think about it, takes her sword, whips it at the guy, hits him and throws off his aim. Like, it didn't kill him or like maim him or anything. It just threw off his aim and the arrow went wild and then Rorid says, your leader lies dead. Who wishes to lie beside him? Dab. I, I also wanted to dab. <laughs> this is an audio podcast. <laughs> That's why I announced it. Uh, I mean, it's a good announcement. Good dab announcement. I appreciate that. <laughs> yep. Oh, Rorid's okay. a Rorid... So fucking cool. Like, so fucking cool. Yep. I love this guy. Like, honestly, probably, like, one of my favorite characters that's Mm -hmm. not part of the main characters. Mm -hmm. Top 10. Oh, my God. Okay. But this next chapter. Yes. Like, every time I tell you something, I'm like, oh, but wait, next chapter. (laughs) Because, like, this next one, we meet, like, an amazing dude. And then we meet, like... A crazy connection. Okay, sorry. Yeah, Let's yeah, get into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about this book. I know. Okay. So the soldiers surrounding Rorid are just an array of reactions, right? So some freeze, some start to like approach him like they're going to do something, some back down, but then somebody just yells, the general is dead, and then that starts echoing through the ranks of all of these soldiers. And most of them at that point just, like, throw down their weapons, raise their hands, they're like, fuck no, we're out, this dude's dead, it's cool. Um, And so they're kind of feeling the victory, except Bix just starts looking around and seeing all of these dead men, these dead Wobbicks, dead Raptodons, dead Ragglers, and then Bix is like, oh no, where's Topple? And oh. starts like searching, like, where, where is he? I, <laughs> I cannot see him anywhere. And after searching for a while, this bloody, messy, clumped fur creature stumbles out of the masses. And it's Topple. But when Bix looks at his face, he just has this expression that she has never seen before. It's like this kind of dead eye stare. Nothing going on there. And Bix rushes over like, oh my god, are you injured? Are you okay? And Tobble just says, oh, this isn't my blood. This is the dude I killed. He killed and, like, someone! He killed someone! Did. No. And then he starts to cry and oh. the only clean part of his body are the tear tracks on his face. Oh, baby boy! This hurt me. I know. I'm sorry. Innocence is dead. His innocence is dead. And he's (sighs) such a beautiful baby. He is. 
Oh, well. Sorry. I'm sorry, Tobble. I'm sorry the word world failed you. You deserve so much better. Tobble. Tobble. It's not you. <laughs> oh, so, anyways. Yeah. They cry it out. They travel the battlefield together, and they're they're just seeing all of these dead guys, but they're also seeing a bunch of wounded people that are, like, crying out and begging for their mothers, mostly. Dude! As... Like, yeah. this is one of those details that just made me think, like, oh my god, Catherine and Michael have done so much research on war. Because mm-hmm. this just, like, hit me, like, as, like, you know, this happened in, like, World War One, Like, we're, or, like... Yeah. Or like the Civil War or like the Revolutionary like like dudes just like laying in the field crying out for their mothers. It's like holy shit, yes. That happened. Yeah. In the not fantasy yeah, world. That's like Yeah. I wish I could remember who said this quote, and I'm sure that like Jeff or Dan is screaming at me as I'm saying this, <laughs> but like the fa- <laughs> I know they are. Yeah. <laughs> it's that famous quote of like when the dead cry out, they don't cry out for their president or their general. It's always for their mothers, for their wives, their family. Yeah. Like, that's the human humanizing part of battle. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just one of those details that I was like, oh, you guys. Cut it right? out. That's one of those where I just go, ah, Michael Grant. <laughs> Michael Grant. We're going to read you next. Don't get in this book. I know. I mean, it's it's not that I don't think Catherine would know that or write that or anything, but that's right. it's one of those details where yeah. I'm just like, you had a hand in this. Yep, yep, for sure. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Anyway. Okay, so they're going around this battlefield, and um, Bix just says, we need to go get water skins. And Tobble is, like, still shell-shocked, doesn't really, like, he's following along, does not know what they're doing. And they approach this water barrel, and there's a guard there that's like, what are you guys doing? And Bix is like, we're looking for water skins. And the guard's like, oh, you can just drink from the spigot on the barrel. And this guard is, like, a one-armed dude. Like, this is important in a Mm -hmm. second. Yeah. Um, And Bix is like, no, 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 I don't need to drink. I need water skins. And the guard's like, for who? For the enemies? And Bix says yes, expecting him to be like, absolutely not, blah, blah, blah. But this dude just goes, I am Gorand, and look at my stump arm. The only reason <laughs> I'm still alive today is because the dude that took my arm came back and gave me water when I was left dying on the battlefield. Yay! It's so, such a good detail. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love this detail so much. <laughs> look at my stump arm. Um, look at my stump arm. but yeah he's like you guys take all the water skins you need if anybody gives you shit tell them i gave you permission they can come talk to me fuck them yeah i love Um, this guy which was great i love this guy i love this guy he's like this is one of those moments where it like i absolutely thought of avatar and i'm like this would be one of those side characters that just has great delivery on the lines yeah this is his whole arc but great delivery yeah they notice this pile of bodies that is shifting. And Bix is like, Tobble, come over here and help me move this. And they pull the bodies away and find this young female filivet at the bottom who has this huge gash on her leg. And they offer her water. And she's like super suspicious, but like she can't go anywhere. And so Bix is like, sup, friend, what's going on? 
And this Philivet's like, since when are cats and dogs friends? And Bix is like, well, I, I am a Darren, and I have a close personal friend named Gambler who is a Philivet. And they're like, oh, Gambler's not a Philivet name. And so Tobble reveals his real name, which I did not write down and cannot remember. <laughs> it is many things. It is many things. Insert real name here. I'm so good at podcasting. I've been doing this forever. Um, Anyways, once Tobble reveals Gambler's real name, that changes the tune of this Philivet, who's like, I'm Nelise Bedell, Lenka of the Urban River Valley. I don't know why I said that like a valley girl all of a sudden. My name's Nelise Bedell. (laughs) I'm Lenka of the Urban River Valley. Oh, yeah, like for sure. Totally. For sure. Like, totally. Obviously. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know him. Oh, my God. Uh. Gambler, I know him. I don't know why I'm like I this him. as a person. <laughs> <laughs> Is that giant cat who spoke to me all those years ago. Sorry, I want the king from Hamilton. I want you to keep going. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> anyway. That uh. can't be. He's that <laughs> little cat. That spoke to me. <laughs> All those years ago. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> that was not the next line, but it was too good. Too good. It's the best it's the best part of the song. <laughs> it really kinda is though. I love like, the kick. <laughs> I do too. Like I'm sure the actual king was shitty, but like I love Jonathan Grop is the king. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, she knows Gambler. She knows Gambler. She's like... (laughs) Intimately. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That cracked me up more than it should have. Uh, I'm still just a small child at heart. Anyways, um... Yeah, she's like, get a surgeon to stitch up my my wounds. I have two messages. Dear God, I have two two messages. I have two messages. The first one was from the Khazar to join forces and fight with the Murdano. And the second was for gambler's ears only. Or join forces and fight against Murdano. Second is for gambler's ears only. (gasps) So. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, Ben. They're like, let's get the fuck out of here. This was a great victory. They are marching back. They are beat to shit. Like, their army is fucked over. They are, like, a lot of them lost limbs. They're walking on these crude wooden legs. But, like, overall, they got a bunch of horses and supplies, and they're, like, actually pretty tight, man. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> The battle is really real. This battle is super real. I don't know, again... Again, just making up a character that was not from the book at all that I'm just putting yep. in. Good. Oh, but yeah, Wode's like, congratulations, Bix, on this victory. All those dead Draylanders, congratulations. And Bix is like, <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. Thanks, this is the worst. <laughs> I don't feel good about this. I don't feel Stop. good about this at all. <laughs> I hate this. This sucks. <laughs> All of this sucks. <laughs> really bad. This is the uh, worst. Yeah, yeah, so so that's Bix. Um, and Bix is basically <laughs> just like, this is not to be celebrated. 
but thanks, my dude. And then they begin their long journey back to find the Peace Army. And this is where Bix gets introduced to the best pony ever named Taboo, who... Taboo! Was, Taboo! Who was prone to bucking and snorting when the mood took him. And then Tobble nicknamed him Achu because of his habit of sneezing at weird times. Yay! I love him. I, I love him to death. This is the best pony ever. I mean... So many good horses. So many good horses. I mean, like... For real, though, like five great horses in these books. Mm-hmm. Love them all. So anyways, we have a chew now. Um, and we like kind of fast forward through this march back to the Peace Army. But Bix is talking about how fucking shitty it was and how this is like literally the worst march ever in her mind. She was like, fuck all of this. It's snowy. It's cold. It's miserable. Everybody hates it. But as they approach the Peace Army, they are seen. And Sabido, of course, with his superior eyes, is the first one to see them and also the first one to fly over and greet them. And Sabido's like, what happened, you guys? What's the news? And Bix is basically like, oh, yeah, so Rorid and I flew into battle. And Sabido's like, oh, Lord Rorid? You went to battle with Lord Rorid? And Bix is like, yeah, so Rorid and I flew. And he's like, Lord Rorid? Because is like, <laughs> he says um, his actually, friends. He's a lord. Yeah, exactly. Sabino's like, um, actually, he's a lord. And Bix is like, if you're his friend, he's like, just call me Rorid. And Sabino is like, jealous as fuck and horrified that Bix and Rorid are friends. He's like, I oh would give fucking God. anything to go to battle with Lord Rorid. And Bix is like, we're besties, bro. he's so mad he's so mad i love it uh so yeah eventually they find themselves gathered in kara's tent and everybody's there bix tobble sabido kara gambler renzo they're all there they're like swapping stories of what's happened to them catching up and once bix explains like what had all happened kara's like okay so also what's up with that fill of it in your company and Bix is like, oh, yeah, that's Nelise. She has a message for Gambler. And Gambler's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he starts stuttering. He's like, oh, no, 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 Nelise. Yeah, he's like, uh, who now? And, like, his, his jaw drops, his eyes get wide. And then there's, like, this super comedic bit where they all, like, look at it. Gambler, look at each other. Look at Gambler, look at each other. <laughs> like, I every- loved it so much. And Bix is like, he stuttered? My wonderful like composed poised friend is like stammering like an idiot like mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. <sighs> yep everybody's like this is the most uncool gambler has ever been <laughs> <laughs> oh so good um so yeah gambler's trying to play it cool but is absolutely not acting cool. And Kara's like, well, surely she must come in here to relay the messages. And Gambler's like, I'm gonna go. And Kara's like, oh, we really need you here for this. <laughs> <laughs> like, Kara's commitment to not letting him get away with, like, leaving uncomfortably is 100%. And I love it. Um, I just, I love, 
I love this side of Gambler. I love seeing him like this. It's so I awesome. D- I okay. I love this whole scene. We have to talk about this scene. Yes. So Nalise comes in and like says that bullshit. Like literally, nobody gives a shit. She says the message she told to to Bix and Tobble. No one gives a shit. Filovitz during the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then she's like, Gambler, yep. I have a message for you. And Kara's like, would you like some privacy? And he's like, any message for me can be said in front of Kara. And Nalise was basically like, hey, remember that time we spent all that time fucking? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Legit, that's what she's saying. Basically. <laughs> and she like calls out, she's like, on the Isle of Scholars, you remember when we fucked for a very long time? <laughs> And like, <laughs> we studied together. <laughs> we studied together. Well, I mean, she says they studied together. She also says they did other things. And like, she's like, I cherished our time together. And Gambler's like, I, of course, I, I cherished it as well. In that classic, like, oh, this is super awkward and I hate this. And then Nalise is yeah. like, I'm glad you cherished it because we have f- five <laughs> or three children. <laughs> We have two female children and one male child. And everybody's like, <laughs> what? And Gambler's like, cool. Congrats. Yeah. Gambler's like, doesn't know what to do. He's like, I mean, the males generally don't raise the kids. So congrats on the kids. Love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I have very good genes. You are, you I, are great genes. Solid. Yep. Glad to hear that the kits are all good. Fantastic. Except, except um, they're not good. They're fucking captured. Right. Well, that's that's what Nalise starts to say. Because, like, basically, I don't even know why she didn't, like, straight out come and say it. But she, like, has a super roundabout way of getting to this. She's like, yes, I'm glad about the children as well. Many good and true Filovits resist the Khazar, except the threats of the Valti made against our kits. And, and then she trails off and Gambler's like, or threats made against your, I mean, our kids. And Elise is like, they are being held in his dungeon, yes. And we should go to trailers. <laughs> you could have led with that. Right. That's you could have led with that. You could have fucking like, led with that. Fuck. Fuck. I don't know why I mean, she buried like, the lead. Well, okay, so, like, say you had a one-night stand with some- Like, this isn't quite how feel of its work, but say you had a one-night stand with somebody, left- Sure. Like, and by you, I mean, like, whatever. Me, specifically, I get it. Yes, yeah, specifically you. Had a yeah. baby, and yeah. then you're seeing that person after some years, and then- I mean, I guess you wouldn't be like, hey, my- our love child is being held in a dungeon, because then the person would be like, wait, wait, our, our what? But, so, like, it makes sense that- she would be like, hey, remember that time we fucked? For a very I long time. Kids. <laughs> like, okay, okay. There is no good way to have this conversation, but I feel like she didn't quite nail it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, because, like, she added a lot of extra shit about the whole, like, fucking for a long time. Like, everyone knows how kits are made. Right, right, but she really wanted to stress, I had a good time. Remember that time we were lovers? Like, 
three quarters of this conversation was about how good the sex was. One quarter was <laughs> all our children are in a dungeon. <laughs> the important things are being highlighted in this conversation. I wow. don't think they were, though. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Well, yep. God. Yep. It's a little it was a little nuts. It was a, it was a little nuts. I have to say though like as much as like we're coming down hard on this conversation, the way it was built up was fucking amazing. Like yes. genius. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. Um so anyways, yeah. Uh Nelise is like, "Yes, our kids are in a dungeon and then you should go to Drayland and like lead our people cuz we need a good and true leader to rise up against the Khazar. You would you go?" And, like, everybody's shocked. And then Kara's like, uh, Gambler, are you going to do that thing? And they're all like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so we cut to the next chapter where they're all laying outside around this campfire. And Gambler is just, like, fucking sprawled out with his belly, like, being exposed. Like, contemplating, like, do I go? Like, male filivits don't stick around to raise the kids. To which Renzo fucking comes down on him for no reason. He's like, <laughs> pretty fucking convenient. The dad doesn't have to be there. And I'm like, what's your fucking damage, Renzo? We don't know. Oh, my out. God, yeah. I thought he was going to launch into a whole, like spiel or something but he didn't he, he did just he just made a comment. <laughs> he just like made a disparaging comment and then like dipped he was like <laughs> he was like he was like briefly a feminist and then we moved on <laughs> you know, convenient the male don't raise children i guess goodbye <laughs> oh man yeah. and then basically gambler's like i i do care about her deeply though I do love her with my whole heart, though. <laughs> She's like the best person I've ever met. She is like the best person I've ever met. And she is the only person that I listen to. We I've never mentioned her before, ever. But she is right. the love of my life. Right. Oh, he's such a romantic. All his shipping culminated to this. Yeah. Oh. And as much as I'd like to say, like this isn't a realistic relationship, blah, blah, blah. I fully believe that if I disappeared out of Scott's life, he would never speak about me until one day when I showed up, he'd be like, I do love her though. We are married. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I do, I think this is a realistic situation, but only now at this point in my life, can I understand that? <laughs> sure. Oh my God. Do, do, do you not think yeah. that he would do that though? Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh. Okay, okay. So, um, basically Gambler's just having this, like, debate with himself where he's like, I do love her, and I don't like that my children are in danger, so I guess I'll go. And then, like, Nelise materializes out of the night. They have this moment where they, like, <laughs> full-on, like, Lion King, like, purr rub heads. And then they're like, Yeah! We out, motherfuckers! <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go save our babies. Bye! Yeah! That's what it was. It was basically like, 
I do love her. She appears out of the darkness. They have a loving embrace. And then Gambler's like, I'm going to go get my kids. And Bix is like, uh, uh, we we just got back, dude. And he's like, no, oh, time's yeah. of the essence. Got to go right now. And Bix is like, right now? Why? Why, why are you going? Um, but he does, like, literally, like, they just have one moment where he's like, well, you know, Philovitz don't like prolonged goodbyes, so we out. And then Bix calls out to him. He turns around and Bix is basically like, one of the best moves I ever made was talking to you in that jail cell. And Gambler's like, samesies, bye bye <laughs> Yeah! Oh, no. <laughs> it was, like, so fucking nuts. Yeah, oh. it was very fast. He was just so like, fast. You see, it yeah. was so fast. Oh. oh man! And then there's this beautiful scene where like Bix and Tobler are like, "All right, well, I guess we'll retire for the night." So they go into their tent and they're like tossing and turning and they're not getting to sleep. And then finally, Bix is like, "Hey, Tobble, you up?" And Tobble's like, "Yeah." And and Bix is like, "Let's talk about our favorite gambler moments." And they all just like. <laughs> They just spend the whole night talking about gambler moments until they, like, fall asleep before dawn. Oh, it's so cute. It's adorable. And they say, like, we felt like talking about him late into the night is keeping him here with us for a little bit longer. Oh, I can't. I loved it. It's so cute. It's so, so cute. I love it so much. And then Renzo comes in and ruins everything. Yeah, they fall asleep and uh, like they're asleep for, I don't know, like 20 minutes. And then Renzo comes in and shakes Bix awake and Bix is like, what the fuck? And he's basically like, uh, all this army shit that was going on, we got to go now because they're like marching sooner than we thought. The Terramans are going under the mountain. This is all It's all going to be terrible. We got to go now. And um, they're like, OK. And so basically like they pack up, they head out. And they find out, like, the Navy was on the move and they're being watched by the gulls. The Merdana would know sooner than they intended that their Navy was not going to make it there. But they have to go now to fight this army, blah, 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 march over the mountains. Kara's wearing snowshoes, like, trying to encourage people over there. Like, it literally is like a super jump cut because they just have to go now. Suddenly they're marching through the mountains and everybody's just trying to keep up with Kara and all these old soldier dudes and, like, all the people following her are basically like, man, she just keeps running back and forth in those snowshoes. I guess we got to keep going since she is. It's great. <laughs> yep, that's what happened. Pretty much. Uh, after they've been marching for a while, Kara invites Tobble, Bix, Renzo, and Varus to walk with her. And as they peak the mountain, they have this moment where, like, they can see out over this landscape and it is freezing cold, but it is beautiful. And uh, soon Sabido flies back to them with this report, like, hey, there's a few dozen riders on horseback below the mountain and they're in the Merdano garb. And Varus is like, ah, that's a scouting party. The army is like a day or two behind them. And the Terramans are going to come out at the base of the mountain. So basically we're not gonna make it and Kara's like well what can we do and Varus is like well the fastest way down the mountain would be like a couple horses and one one rider and like they could probably make it in a day Kara's like awesome get me a horse Bix get taboo and let's get why do I keep saying taboo so weird it's taboo like the real word taboo taboo what the fuck like I don't know it's from that's L-E-D. exactly yeah that's how i keep saying it but it's taboo um <laughs> you're my old anyways, friend taboo 
<laughs> oh god um so yeah so bix is getting ready to go basically like yeah so i know you're gonna need a darren that's pretty apparent and um Tobble's like actually we call him a chew and we're coming and Kara's like, yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, Tobble, you're coming with. Of course you are, because Bix is going. I can't fucking do anything about this. And um, Varus is like, all right, all right. So you're taking Tobble and Bix, but, like, who's the human rider? And Kara's like, me. And they're all like, no! <laughs> <laughs> like, basically, they're sending the leader of the peace army, the person that's carrying the fucking light of Nadara, their hope for peace... As the only person going into battle. And like, Varus is, right. And Varus is like, that's fucking crazy. And Kara's like, yeah, but we tried the sane stuff and that wouldn't work. So we're going to try insanity. And like, I, I was like, this is so Animorphs. Mm-hmm. I, I was dying. <laughs> I loved it so much. This is the moment where I'm like, all right, so, like, Kara is probably my favorite character, I guess. Yeah. Because oh of God. who I am as a person. So much- <laughs> right? So much oh better. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. So, um, they're like, that's insane. Renzo grabs Kara's arm and is like, what are you going to do by yourself? That is just suicide. That's not a mission. And Kara's like, oh, I'm going to have Bix and Tobble. It's cool. And, um, Kara, uh, shit. Um, sorry, I got lost in where my notes were. No. Okay, yeah. So he's like, that's suicide mission, blah, blah, blah. Kara's like, well, you know, Bix and Tobble and I have done pretty well for ourselves. So it's fine. Plus, we have this cool sword. And she, like, pulls it out. And it just looks like the shitty sword because she didn't draw it in anger. So, like, I have yeah. Bix and Tobble in this shitty sword, so I'm pretty good. <laughs> uh, so Bix, Tobble, and Kara go to pack for this mission. And they're packing, and Renzo comes storming in. And Kara just starts giving him shit. She's like, well, just let yourself in then, why don't you? And Renzo <laughs> is like, Renzo's not having any of this. He's like, this is a suicide mission. You are sentencing yourself and Bix and Tobble to death this isn't like long odds this isn't disadvantage this is just death and Kara's listening to him and infuriatingly she is like not smiling but she's not not smiling and it's the worst and um (laughs) she's like Renzo cool it I know what this is and Renzo just is like you're gonna die Bix is gonna die Tobble's gonna die do you understand that he's like shaking her like do you understand what you're doing and then he starts saying like let me go with you let me go with you I want to die by your side and he just starts saying like I I love this I love this battle I love this blah blah blah. and I love and then he trails (laughs) off like right before he says I love you oh no so good (laughs) (laughs) i love it so much but then but then but then but then at this point Kara starts taking over this conversation and is like you stay back here we're going without you and renzo just all of a sudden gets extremely formal and he goes like fine my lady and then he kisses her full on on the lips and walks out. 
love them so much. I do too. I love them the most of anybody who's ever loved them except for you. You and I love them the most. What about Gambler? Uh, Gambler ships them the most, but I feel like you and I yeah, love them the true. most. Oh, they're so cute. They're so cute. Like, ah. Uh, Oh, and then she has, like, a dumb smile on her face after he leaves. Very adorable. It's so cute. Fucking, this romance was better done than in, like, most of the, like, YA fantasy romances I've read. Like, Jesus Christ. 1,000%. Are you kidding me? This is, like... Oh, my God. This is it. Like, this is it. This is it couple's goals yeah like okay actually let me talk about this for a second okay i don't know why we're on a podcast all we do is talk i don't know why i'm asking permission all of a sudden but here we are you have the Um, floor thank you thank you i will take the, the floor now i like what i love about this is like yes we are not in it we are not seeing this romance happen but these uh-huh. two characters, it's not like they've left and they're my only hope. Or, like, I'm thinking specifically, like, Hunger Games now, right? Where it's, like, they are pitted against each other and then, but, like, they can't live without each other. Like, it's not like any of those kind of tropey romances. It's, like, here are two people that stand on their own two feet with their own values, their own things that they bring to the table, their own skill sets, their own backstories, and they choose to come together and they love each other, but also they are fine acting apart from each other. And like that changes a little bit yes. in a second. Like Renzo makes his own decisions coming up, but like, yeah, it's beautiful. This, this is the way, this is what you should aspire to. Kids, kids that are listening to this podcast, oh my God, don't tell your parents how much we swear. But like, <laughs> This is it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's just so good. And, like, you're right. Like, the romance isn't played up a lot throughout this trilogy. There's just, like, little snippets here and there. But, like, we know both of them so well as characters, just, like, standing on their own, that we can see why they work so well together. Yeah. And I just, I really like how they did that. Me too. I like it. Like, we love them as individuals, and we love them together. And, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I love it. I just, I love it. I love that for them. I love that for them. And, like, I love that, like, they are stronger together as a couple, but they are no less. Like, neither of them is built only for the other person. Yes, that's important. That's very Twilight. important. Twilight. I mean, honestly, I think my biggest beef with Twilight is describing an ankle-length khaki skirt as positively <laughs> indecent. <laughs> yeah. Christ, you look ravishing. <laughs> you look positively... <laughs> Covering up all of your skin except your face and your hands. 
Positively indecent. <laughs> I am 110 years old. <laughs> I'm going to date this high school girl. Yes. He does Living. not talk like that. I need to stop. Why doesn't he, though? Like, let's explore for a moment Twilight if he talked like that. Bella, you are the sheep and I am the lion. You're my own personal brand of heroine. <laughs> I don't know any more lines from Twilight. <laughs> I was watching you sleep because it amused me. Yes. Don't go with that werewolf boy. You smell like a wet dog. Have you seen Jacob recently? <laughs> My family likes to play baseball in the mountains during the thunderstorms. <laughs> oh God, I forgot about that. <laughs> Vampires fuck so much, so loudly that they break furniture and shit. I don't know. I take the, uh, oh, I do remember that, where he, he takes the, there's a, in the books, there's a fucking scene where he takes, like, an, there's, like, a thorny, like, rose bed frame made out of iron, and he, like, crushes one of the roses, like, or so. Oh, I don't yeah. really when remember. When he comes. <laughs> because it's the crushing of her innocence, but they were married, so it was okay. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> what a weird... <laughs> Fucking book series. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm at a loss. Anyway, Karin Renzo is way better than Twilight. That's, oh my that's god. my thesis. <laughs> uh, that's just a fact, honestly. Like, MLA format, oh. fact. Casey said it. It's true. Yep. I yeah. have spoken. You have, and you were correct. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Moving on. Uh, this changes maybe. nothing in the plan. Kara, Bix, and Tabal are out. Um, Kara was given a stallion named Victory because her own horse was lame. In like the actual lameness sense, not like he just wasn't cool. Uh, <laughs> horse wasn't and- cool enough to go into battle. Your horse isn't cool enough to ride in battle. Take Victory because your horse is lame. Um, yeah, and then Kara's like, I hope he isn't named Victory in a sort of ironic way, and then the three of them head off, mostly in silence at first, and then after all of these hours pass, Bix is like, huh, and Tobble's like, why the fuck did you wake me up? (laughs) Which is, like, my favorite thing. Tobble's hangry (laughs) and is not wanting to participate in this conversation at all. (laughs) Yes, Um, I love that he's hangry. Me too. And I love that he was having a dream about, like, bug soup. Just <sighs> This boy, he's precious. He's the most precious. He's the most precious thing we have. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, he's hangry. And then Bix starts saying, like, you know, I was just thinking about how there's, like, four elements in the world. Water, air, earth, <laughs> fire. I could have... <laughs> I fucking... I fucking could have done without this entire conversation. I was like, okay, what is this? I don't know. It's just a way to talk about courage. Like, they're just like, we need a lead in to talk about courage, the fifth element. I just, listen, yeah. 
The fifth element is love. It's yeah. heart. We all know You're it's right. heart. It, they they yeah. just had a Captain Planet moment. Yeah. Like, I just... I love Catherine Michael, obviously, but I did not obviously. like this conversation. I was like, oh my god, like, stop. <laughs> this is the yeah. most, like, overused trope of all of them. <laughs> it's Yeah, fine. but also it goes away pretty fucking quickly. Yeah, it's just, it's a throwaway mention, but it's like, okay. Yeah, uh, basically yep. they have that conversation and it ends on, but Kara hadn't noticed a thing that my nose had picked up. We are being followed by a human on a horse. Dun-dun-dun. I wonder who that could be. Who could possibly be following them? So um, they take a small break. They feed the horses. They feed themselves. They start pushing on. They are approaching villages now. And as they approach the first one, they spot this huge pile of hay that's on fire. And Kara's like, oh, they're warning the other villagers that we're coming through. And sure enough, by the time <gasps> they get to the second village, there's a there's not only a fire, but there's several farmers with, like, pitchforks and, like, makeshift weapons and things out front. The, and the beacons are lit! Gondor calls the, for aid! Yes! Yes! The beacons! <laughs> the beacons are lit! Um, so the beacons are lit. Uh, and they run across all these farmers. And the farmers are basically like, who are you and what are you doing? And Kara's like, I'm Cassandra of the Donati, wielder of the light of Nadara, blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, there are armies and there's real threats and all this shit. And the farmers are basically like, all right, well, you're like three idiots on horses. Goodbye. And uh, they let them go. They make it to the river that they were attempting to follow alongside of. And the sound of gurgling water lifts their spirits considerably and as they're riding along they're like relieved for this opportunity to refill their water skins and let their horses drink and things are seeming like pretty fucking good and then bix hears something rush past her and a thunk and they look up to see kara with an arrow sticking out of her chest and kara <gasps> looks at it and says get down Oh, no, this isn't good. I straight up gasped out loud when this happened. <gasps> I know. Like, like, you can't kill the main character. Uh, like, right? Do- I, I was like, what are we going to do when she dies? There's like a fucking a third of this book left. I know. I was very stressed about it. Me too. Oh my god. And then you're like, oh, it's only Kara that gets hit, right? Wrong! Taboo gets shot in the butt! He does get shot in the butt! They shoot the horse! Which is like, you don't do that. That's that's a cheap shot. That's insanity. Just insanity. And, 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 they're not even soldiers. They're fucking bandits. Yeah, they're fucking water bandits. Like, they're, they just literally, the only thing they were there for was to kill Bix and take her pelt. Uh, Oh my god, I kind of love that, though. I kind of love that, though, because, like, like. I don't know. It kind of wraps around to when her entire family was hunted. Like, they were hunted for a different reason, but, like, you know, like, historically, they have been hunted for their pelts. I don't know. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. I don't know what I'm trying to get at. But yeah. She's like, like once they find out like that's what they're there for, she's like, oh, fuck no. Yep. Exactly. And like, I love that the entirety of Nadara was compromised because there's these fuckwads. Yeah. Going after the number one reason, or going after Bix for the number one reason that Darren's were hunted. Like, it's just, there's some sort of poetry to that. Yes, there is. It's fucking madness. God, so good. So fucking good. Ugh. Anyway, so the bandits get them kind of pinned down. They're trying to duck and cover. And then behind them, they hear this cry. And it's Renzo charging down on this big bay horse. And he just, like, tramples the swordsman, knocks him into the mud. And they square up for a second. Renzo kind of does this faint, like, oh, this is my weaker hand. And then just tosses the sword to his other hand and stabs him in the chest and kills him. And then he just, like, whips his sword at the other two, covered in blood. And he's like, either you two want a piece of me? And they, of course, are like, Mm -hmm. "Uh, no. (laughs) And then Renzo jumps off this horse and falls to his knees next to Kara. Oh, Oh, no. Dude, okay, this next scene was, like, straight up Lord of the Rings, though. Right? I was... Yes! (laughs) Straight, straight up. Lord of the Rings. Straight uh, up, except- Frodo gets stabbed by the, the Nazgul. Aragorn's healing him. Yeah. Yes, all of that. The only difference being that because she got tagged by an arrow, he looks at, like, he gets Bix, like, to, hey, get me another one of those arrows, takes a look at it. He's like, it's a barbed hunting arrow, and it's buried about three inches into her chest. So he's like, Tobble, get me a flat stone and hammers it through her back, which like, right. Uh, But like, holy uh, shit. Holy actual shit. Holy actual shit. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, he's told, he told Bix and Tobble to get like a fire ready, get water, get blankets, get like all the shit. So he hammers the arrow through her back, gets Bix to pull it out. He starts mashing this weed that he sent Tobble to get called Sorcerer's Ear. You mean like King's Foil. King's Foil! Yeah. So he mashes it into a paste and puts it into the wound. And then he heats up a sword. And like he sears the front part of the injury closed. And Kara is like screaming into gritted teeth. And then pulls her in and like sears the back injury closed. And she passes out into him and then he lays her down and just starts like chanting this like crazy third like he tells Bix and Tobble he's like hobble the horses guard the camp I'm out and he just starts like chanting for six hours over Kara's body and like finally he stops and he's like I gave it my all it might not be enough and he passes the fuck out I I, okay, there's a trope where, like, one person's injured and the other person's taking care of them, and I fucking love it. Yes. Yes. Cute as shit. And, like, I will, you know, I'll do this, like, you know, huge drain of my own energy. And, like, oh my god, like, I, I, oh man, I was dying. I was like, this is love. Baby, don't hurt me. (laughs) Sorry. 
Sorry, you were one word off. <laughs> what is love? Yes. <laughs> yes, I loved that so much. And of course he fucking followed them. Of course he did. I never thought for a second he was going to listen to her fucking stupid orders. Are you kidding? <laughs> if... If somebody says, all I want is to die next to you in battle, and you're like, oh, no, you better stay here. Do you think they're going to be like, oh, well, good call. I think I will. No. Yeah. Um, unless they no. were lying. <gasps> they were lying the whole time. Ooh. To temporarily pacify you and lull you into false sense of security, only to secretly follow you. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? <laughs> Uh, uh shit. Anyways. Yep. Um Yeah, so Bix and Tobble are on lookout duty all night. There's no sign of bandits or soldiers or anything, but like they're on edge and they were relieved when Renzo finally woke up and they're like, Hey, is Car gonna be okay? Is she gonna survive? And Renzo's like, I did my best, but I don't know. And so they're all relieved when a little while later Kara starts stirring and she comes to you and immediately is like let's ride and they're like no you're injured like you're dying and she's like let's ride bitches <laughs> um and of course she insisted that she ride alone so she gets on victory the stallion holds herself up somehow and they're like riding on either side of her to make sure that she would stay in the saddle but, like, they're riding pretty hard. Like, she's falling asleep, but she's getting jolted awake with her injuries as they go because Aww. they are, like, moving. Um, yeah. And as they hit the plains, they spot off in the distance this dark smear on the horizon. And they realize that is the Murdano's army. And they see a speck overhead. And they're like, oh, no, somebody's watching us. Quick, hide. But then it turns out to just be Sabido. And Sabido's like, yay. What the fuck? Kara looks like shit. What happened? <laughs> and so they give him the quick rundown. And then Kara's like, will you go look out for the Terramints? And he's like, yeah, no problem. And so he heads off and they continue to ride towards the Murdano's army. But as noon rolls around, they see Sabido screeching across the sky. And he is not even trying to hide it. He is straight up screaming, the Terramints have broken through. Um... They keep going. They find out the Drayland army is much closer than they expected as well. Like, basically, this is worst case scenario. And Kara's like, Sabido, go scout out this guy for me. So he goes and he scouts out the Mardano. He's like, I see the Mardano with them. Absolutely. Like, he's he's going with them. There's like a, a, a palanquee or whatever it's called with all these guys. He's carrying them mm -hmm. in. And then Kara's like, okay, go scout out the Filavits. And he's like, oh, I see the Kazar. The Kazar's with them with his personal guard and so on and so forth. And then Kara's like, all right, where are they going to meet? And so he, he flies in the middle and he finds this little village. And he's like, okay, so there's this battle that took place a long time before that. I asked the local Blue Jays what's up. And basically, this is the field of slaughter. And Kara's like, Whee! well, hopefully we can rename it at the end of the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's not uh, great. But not great. Things are not going well. On a scale of 1 to 10, we're at like a 2 right now, at best. Uh, but yeah, so Kara's like saying she's hoping everything's going to be renamed. But like, 
they can see all of this shit happening now. Like they, they are on a burial mound in the middle of this area. They can see the line of terramins charging down in this like crazy, like insect weird scuttle run. They can see that there's thousands of Merdanos on horses and thousands more marching behind them. They can see all of these Filovits and men and they are charging and like, they are going to meet up in the middle of this thing and Kara can barely sit up and they're like, this is real bad. Like, this is really, really bad. And so Kara's watching all of these forces charged against each other and she just says to Bix, Tabla, and Renzo, keep yourselves safe. Knowing that you're alive is what's going to keep me okay right now. And then she says she loves them all but looks at Renzo a little differently and says, but in different ways. And then she goes to Victory and she's like, you ready? And he knickers his response because he's a great fucking horse. Oh, he's so good. And so then she starts charging and it's this one lone girl on this huge horse going against all of these armies charging into each other. And then behind her is little... The little pack horse that Bix had to ride, Bix and Tabla had to ride after Taboo got shot, named Duna. And Duna got spooked and bolted after Kara. <laughs> oh my god! I loved it. Yay! Oh. It's happening. Oh my god. It's. Oh my god, it's happening. Okay, yeah. Like, let's get fucking intense, guys. Mm hmm. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get to it. I'm just going to keep going through all this shit because this is crazy. Okay. So the armies, as they're approaching each other, start slowing down. And they're not more than 50 horse lengths apart at this point. And Kara is attracting attention because she is charging into the middle of them with no army. And she is almost there as she hears hoofbeats behind her and turns around, realizing for the first time that Bix and Tobble are right there. And so she just nods as if they shared some sort of secret pact. Like, oh, great, this is happening. And <laughs> then she she stops and begins to speak in this voice that Bix had never heard come out of her before. And she calls on the armies to turn around and think about what you're fighting for. Corrupt old leaders who don't have your future in mind, who are weak and in this bid for power, who will not do anything for you. And the armies start listening and she starts even talking about the terraments, like saying, I realize you guys were forced into servitude because they're withholding food from you, but like we can stop this. This does not last long because the generals begin to threaten and cajole their armies into listening to them and somebody fires an arrow at Kara and she spins victory, deflects it with her sword, but she is hurt. Like this cost her to do this. And so then she starts calling out and she goes, I'm calling upon the old rules of combat. I want to fight between one representative of each army and I want it to be the leaders. And then she starts kind of mocking them like, you're not going to be afraid to fight one small injured girl, are you? And that's when the Kazar steps forward and it's this filivit that's half again gambler size with cloud gray fur and black stripes on his face. And this is intimidating enough but to no one's surprise the Murdano, such a fucking wiener brings in a fighter <laughs> in his place yep oh this guy's so cool though oh my god okay 
It's this tall, horribly misshapen giant with these long arms that end in these like claw fingers that are like dragging on the ground. His legs are these little stumps and he's wearing this shiny armor. But in all of the kind of joints and places you can see through, there's this like twisted, misshapen body underneath. But all of this is overshadowed by the head, which is just a cobra head. And the Mertano's like, this is my Camara. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. (laughs) This is my Frankenstein's monster. This is my Frankenstein's monster. Oh my god. And so cool, right? Yeah, and like when when the Chimera guy's talking, I just picture um, when Jafar turned into that giant cobra at the end of Aladdin, Ooh. just bringing back Aladdin, and that's like the voice I was picturing. Oh, that's awesome! A snake, am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. There you go. So. So. Kara, of course, accuses the Murdano of being a coward, but that's there's no surprise there because he is. Yeah. What did surprise them was the filivet that was whispering into the ear of the Kazar, because <gasps> it was Gambler. <gasps> and Bix says to Kara, "Look," and Kara goes, "I see." Not giving away any of her true thoughts, but Nalise and Gambler on are on either side of the Kazar wearing the insignia of his personal guards. Oh, no! Right? Oh, no! They've been betrayed. File betrayal. <sighs> betrayal. So, yes, um, they, they've been betrayed, and what followed was a bunch of just verbal infighting. Like, Yay. No one cares. No. Um, Kara asks how the Verdano could cook up something like the Chimera, even while trying to eradicate species. And uh, the Kazar was like, my Taramunts will feast soon. And then the Kazar and the Verdano just like start mocking Kara. Like, oh, you said you're bringing an army, but you're just one girl. Blah, 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 blah. And <laughs> she basically just lets them talk shit. And then when they're done... She's like, so, pussies, want to fight? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, because one of them's a cat. That is pretty good, actually. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Come on, <laughs> Oh, man. So, the Kazar launches at Kara. And this isn't, like, launch like a fill of it launches with power and grace. This is Thurgy. Like, gravity simply lets go, and this motherfucker flies 30 feet. And as he approaches, Bix can see, like, oh, shit, he's the size of Kara's horse. Like, this fucker is huge. But Kara just holds her position until the last moment, and then seeing, like, where his trajectory is going to take him, she just moves her horse a few feet, and he lands and kind of spins, so his back is to the Chimera. And then this Chimera is like, oh, a prone enemy? So he just, like, goes after him and starts, like, slicing at him and, like, just fighting. And Bix is like, great, let those guys kill each other or injure each other before our girl Kara has to fight them. But Kara charges in and is like, whoa, 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 hold up. No, 
you're not going to fight each other. You're going to fight me. And in fact, I'm going to give you guys a fighting chance. Both of you are going to fight me at the same time. And everybody is like, this girl is nuts. Like, she's out of her mind. Uh, And Kara's just like, whatever, fight me, both of you. So the Chimera (laughs) begins to charge. But the Khazar holds out a paw, trips him, and then launches at Kara himself. And she expects this, so she's kind of prepared. She moves her body out of the way, but as he is going past her, she just tips her sword into him. And the light of Nadara, with all of the thurgy magic it has, is sharp and poised and ready to go. So it rakes along his side and hurts him, and he hits the ground like a sack of potatoes. And then the Chimera charges in, and Kara turns and nicks him, and that doesn't really do much of anything, but then she slices through his arm, and blood is spurting everywhere. And Bix is probably the only one that noticed that while Kara is now covered in blood from all of this, some of it is her own because her wound has opened up again. And she is fighting with all the magic of her sword and the indomitable willpower of her own, but she is hurt. So the Khazar leaps yep. at, at Kara again. She moves out of the way, and she moves in such a way that he has to land and turn, but it's on his bad side. And so when he opens himself up to turn like that and hesitates, that's all Kara needed. She turns and thrusts her sword, and there's this sound of muscle ripping open as she goes into his chest and exposes all of his organs, and he goes down instantly. He's gone. And then the Khazar guards attempt to rush in because they're going to avenge him. But Gambler and Nelise immediately switch. They fight them off. Nelise kills one of the guards. Gambler's holding him. The guards think they're going to be able to get past Gambler because there's more of them than him. But then more Filovits just jump on this and start taking them back, taking them out of there. And they're keeping them at bay. Meanwhile, the Chimera picked up his severed arm and is like shocked. And he's like, what the fuck? Uh, so he looks back at Kara, and in the time it took Kara to dispatch the Khazar, this guy has prepared another attack. So he has this throwing spear, because he's not getting close to her with his arm that's now no longer attached to him. And he throws it at her. And it gets Kara almost in the same place where her prior injury was. It takes out her arm. It is stuck out of her chest. And she cries out, going down to her knees. And the Chimera is kind of like... Got her. Fuck yes. He is swaggering over there and approaching her. But as he swings, she raises the light of Nadara again with her one good hand and swings. And there's blood pouring out of her staining the ground and there's spear in the one shoulder. But the sound of metal hitting bone rang out. And Kara has managed to fucking murk this guy too. Unfortunately, he's right over her, and so the killing blow is actually as he sinks down over top of her, he lands on her sword and just crushes her as he comes down. And Kara is, like, fucking injured at this point. She's got a spear sticking out of her. She's on her knees. She's, like, knocked back now from this guy falling on top of her. And she just looks back at Bix and says, I'm sorry. And then the Murdano... Seeing that Kara's down, but his Chimera's dead and the Khazar is dead, he's like, easy pickings. I'm going to fucking go get Kara. So he starts approaching her, taking his sword out, 
And they hear Renzo cry out from somewhere behind them, but his, his path is blocked. And Bix looks for Gambler, thinking maybe Gambler will be able to help in this moment, but he's busy with the Khazar guards, so it's down to Bix. One small Darren, one Wabic, and a knife that Bix calls a sword. Whee! Bix and Tobble jump off of Duna and run to Kara, and Bix thinks we must have looked just ridiculous, just the two of us in front of this whole army. But as the Merdano is approaching, he's sneering and saying, oh, do I need to kill you two first? And Bix says, yes. Her mouth is dry and her stomach is twisting in knots. And the Merdano approaches them and swings. And Bix backs up from this blade. Tobble flies into this rage, climbs up of him, climbs up his armor, is scratching and biting. But the Merdano is able to get his sword to send Tobble flying and, like, launch him off, slamming him into the ground. And Tobble is not moving. Bix cries out, but he doesn't react at all. So Bix holds up her sword, and the Merdano just sweeps it away with almost no effort. Bix is still backing up further and is close to Kara, and she hears Kara weakly saying Bix and calling out to her, and then realizes Kara's trying to hand her something, and it's the hilt of a sword. It's the hilt of the light of Nadara, and Bix grabs it, and this sword is lighter than she thought, and it seems to have this life of its own, this energy of its own, and she holds it up, hoping that the Merdana will fall on it like the Chimera had, but as the Merdano brought down his own sword, he doesn't fall on it. He's able to kind of windmill backwards and pull himself off balance in order to avoid getting stabbed, but it scrapes him a little bit. It gets in through his chainmail, it cuts up, and a little bit of blood comes out. And it's not deadly, but she hit him. And that's when it's enough to remind Bix of everything that he had wrought upon this land and on her family in particular and all the death and destruction of her whole family. And so she finds this courage that she did not know she had and she yells for the Darens as she plunges the blade into his heart. Wee For kids! For kids! How good is that though? Oh, she wielded the light of Nadara. And she killed the Murdano. Fuck yeah, sweet justice. How, how good is that? Justice. Oh my god. Okay, okay, I can keep going. I can get it together. <laughs> I think. I think I can get it together. Yay. So... Bodic and Varus are approaching with the entire army, and Bix and Tobble are just like, let's do a bit! <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though! <laughs> That's exactly they, what they, they fucking did a bit! They did a bit! Oh my god. <laughs> Fuck. So they, like, they, they did a bit. I mean, they, they straight up did a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. So Tobble's a little fucked up. Tobble's bruised, swollen paw, leaning on Bix. But the two of them just, like, swagger out there towards this entire army. And they're like, good day. And Bodic and Varus are like, what the fuck do you mean good day? We're about to charge into <laughs> battle. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. And, like, they're, like, want some tea? And they're, like, 
what are you asking us right now? They're like, we have this flavor. It's pretty good. And they're like, <laughs> listen, whatever the fuck is happening here, you have to tell us what is going on. <laughs> <laughs> they're just super cash about it. They are. It's buck wild. Oh, my God. So, uh, anyways, they're like, ah, oh, sorry, sorry. Like, oh, we're, we were doing a bit. <laughs> um, and they they just recap everything that just happened. They're like, Kara is injured. She's not dead yet. She was just threatening a medic. It was great. Um, <laughs> it's true. They sent, she sent him out of the tent crying. I had to comfort him. It was a whole thing. Uh, but yeah, they they recap the battle for them. They're like, Kara went by herself and fought them, and then like killed the Khazar, killed the Chimera. There's like negotiations going on now. The armies were split by five miles, and they had set up these tents in, in tents in the middle to like negotiate shit in. And they're like, oh, so the Merdana's alive? Do you need us to jail him? And Bix is like, no, the Merdana's no longer with us. And they're like, oh, Kara fucking got the Merdano too. And Tobble's like, no, that was straight up all Bix. Bix stabbed him right in the fucking heart. But when Tobble's kind of talking her up, Bix is having this whole other reaction where, like, she is picturing that moment of leaning on the hilt as it, like, was going through his chest. And she was saying the names of her family members at the as the light left the Murdano's eyes. And she's like, was it this moment of revenge? Yes, I guess it was, but, like, necessary. And uh, Bodek and Varys have enough wherewithal to know, like, not to push this. They can see that, like, Bix knows now what it means to take a life. And they mm-hmm. don't want to congratulate her on it because they understand how big of a deal it is no matter whose life it is that they take love that i love that too. <laughs> so instead they're like what's up with these negotiations and bix is like well we're waiting for the seven species to gather and you know that'll give Kara a chance to heal a little bit so she can feel well enough to attend and they're like uh what why isn't Kara ruling the free world and bix is like well, she doesn't want to do that. And they're like, what? Why not? <laughs> and Bix is like, ah, you know, my friend's weird, but like, this is, she's my friend and she doesn't want to do that. And Bodeg and Varus are just like, what What do you mean she doesn't want, she could ask for literally anything. The world is at her feet. And Bix says the world is at her feet and she decided to step aside. Oh, <laughs> everything. Killing me. Right in my heart. Oh. Killing me. Right in the heart. Right in the fucking heart. Right in the fucking heart. Oh my god. Okay, so now we begin crazy shit. So <laughs> they they negotiate the Treaty of the Seven Species. They restructure the entire world. There is no longer going to be kings and queens as we know it. There are elections. Um, there's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we fly to democracy immediately. Yep. yep. <laughs> they wrote the Declaration of Independence. Basically, they did, yeah. <laughs> it's like... 
Oh my god, I should just read it. Let me give me a oh. second to find it. Oh my god. On this day, after much strife and bloodshed, we, the council representing all governing species, aka the people, do mm-hmm. most solemnly vow from this day until the end of all things, we shall never more make war upon one another. The leaders of all lands will join to protect the lives and freedom of all species, to include, in alphabetical order, Darns, Filivits, Humans, Natites, Raptodons, Terramints, and Wabics, giving preference to none, but allowing each to find his own path to happiness. Drayland, Nadara, and the seas beyond shall be governed by rulers chosen by their people and sworn to serve and protect all species equally. No subject of any species may ever again be deprived of life or liberty without cause. Darren's agree to place right. Darren's agree to place members of their own species in every realm, and the rulers of those realms agree to include Darren's in their councils, concealing nothing, so that lies and truth may be plainly seen by all. And that's their declaration. Hooray! I'm gonna steal it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's the movie yep yeah so they come up with this this uh this declaration obviously and then they name temporary rulers uh or not so temporary because like queen pavion obviously is going to continue to rule the natites and rorid is obviously going to continue to rule the raptodons but um the terraments send three spokespeople unnamed Mm mm-hmm uh gambler much to his dismay was put in charge of the filovitz he was basically like uh what people are gonna ask me questions that i don't want to answer and i can't hunt this is the worst and that's when nalise was like "Mm, act right gambler and he was like well okay (laughs) (laughs) she's just like gambler he's like yeah basically fine fine i'll rule the filovitz god My wife. My wife says I have to rule the Filivits, so I guess I will. <laughs> um, Tobble's there for the Wobbix. Tobble's the Wobbix representative. How fucking amazing Yay! is that? He's such a good boy. He's such a good boy. Um, And Bix was basically like, yeah, I don't want to represent the Darren, so I'm calling Maxon to come hang out. Sup? Boo. <laughs> For real, boo. Um, Kara is named temporary leader. Uh, they were like, we're going to call you Queen Kara. And she's like, you are absolutely not going to do that. <laughs> so I love, I love that. So much. Yeah. I love her so much, too. Um, and this is where we like kind of cut to Bix is trying to sneak up on Kara. And it doesn't fool her. She's like, good evening, Bix. And Bix is like, oh, shit, you got me. All right. And um, <laughs> they just, they have a real heart to heart about Kara ruling and like Kara being in power. And it's very much this, like Kara does not want to be thought of as a queen or somebody that's going to pass laws and have the be all end all ruling on things. And Big says like, you should talk to Queen Pavion because she's, she's a lot like you. And Kara's like, I already did. And they have this moment where they talk about how wise Queen Pavione is because she told Kara that ruling people 
isn't about you making decisions. It's about giving the people somebody to believe in and someone to look up to. And it's it turns into this whole thing where Kara's like, I'm just trying to like let the titles roll off of me. I'm just trying to be somebody that is responsible, that people can look up to. And I would like to step aside as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want this. I don't want this responsibility. Which is honestly the best quality in a leader. That's a mood. It super is. <laughs> um, but Bix then admits that she came here with an ulterior motive. Because she wanted to ask if she could leave. And Kara's basically like, what am I, your queen? Yeah, you can leave. Also, <laughs> as your queen, you have to be back here in three months. And Bix was like, <laughs> why? <laughs> and this, this is my favorite fucking bit in the whole series. Okay? Car is basically like, you gotta be back here in three months for the um event. And Bix is like, and what's, what is the, um, event, Kara? And Kara's like, it's just an, uh, event. And Bix is like, will Renzo be at the, um, event? And Kara's oh like, God. yes. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> it was so amazing. I loved it so much. Me too. Me too. <laughs> They're so oh. young! Getting married already, those know. crazy kids. Those crazy kids, they're in love. Aww. They've been through hell <sighs> together. Let them get married, it's fine. I will, they have been through hell together. Oh. I mean, if they can make it through what they already have made it through, nothing can stop them. They got shoved into a terramant wall and starved to death and... All that jazz. All that jazz. Anyway. <sighs> Anyways, after that conversation, there's one one more thing where Bix mentions that uh, she's going to go say goodbye to Tobble because she was going to head out. And Kara's like, but you two are inseparable. And Bix was basically like, Tobble's just had too much adventuring. It's time that he gets to stay with his family, stay in one place, chill out. He doesn't need to come on this. And Kara just then has this emotional moment of like, remember when we met? And Bix was like, you mean when you kidnapped me? And Kara's like, no, I <laughs> saved your life. <laughs> yes. They have a minor disagreement about how they met. And yes. um, it ends with, I never thought that I would rely on you so much, but I can't imagine my world without you now. And it's just this beautiful moment. Oh, it's true. Okay. Here's the, here's the part that got me. I okay. love this so much. So, Bix and Tobble are heading out the next morning. Of course, Tobble was not going to let Bix go alone. That's fucking bullshit. It lasted not. three sentences. That's not going to happen. You... They're besties. They're besties. Are you kidding He's me? Like, it's like Sam to Frodo. Yes. Ugh. So, they're heading out. 
And Bix is already like, all right, Tobble's going with me. I'm getting the horse ready. And as they're leaving, of course, Renzo's there fussing over their bags and the tack. And like, just like he's done so many times in this book. And like, it already got me that like Renzo was there fussing over them because that's like what he does. And once he's done, he like takes a step back and he like puts his hands on his hips and he's like, now don't get in any trouble without me. And he lets him go. And things are pretty quiet. They're kind of riding along. But then they turn down this road to start to head out oh. of... I know. <laughs> they, turn, they turn down this road to head out. And they find the entire army of peace with all of the generals at the front lining the road. And as the two of them ride past, each column is saluting them. And when they get to the end, there's Kara, there's a completely breathless Renzo who's like run out here to be there, and uh, <laughs> the generals, and they send up this cheer. They're like, three cheers for our two heroes, and they ride off to the whole army of peace, cheering them as heroes. It was... Oh. Such a Lord of the Rings moment that you bow to no one. I know! Oh my god. It was fucking... <sighs> it was so good. It was so good. Oh. <sighs> and then as they're going, Tobble's like, oh, the general must have been so embarrassed. And Bix is like, why? And Tobble goes, because they... They said two heroes, and there's just one of you. And Bix is like, you're really dense sometimes. <laughs> you dumbass. <sighs> I loved it. <sighs> so they ride on, and they're going through towns and villages, and they have enough money to, like, pay for inns and food and blah, blah, blah. But, like, people are just offering to, like, you stay in my, oh, my God, it's the truth teller and the prince of the Wabix. Like, you stay in my home. Stay, like, like, literally, like, everybody wants them to be there. Like, their notoriety has just preceded them. Um, they're famous. But as, they're famous. As they go further north, like, less and less people kind of know who they are. But, like, in one of the towns that was particularly intense about that, uh, they kept calling Tobble the Prince of the Wabix, and he's like, I just, I hate it so much when they call me that. And Bix is like, <laughs> hey, Tobble. <laughs> he's like, yeah. Hey, and Bix is like, what am I? And he's like, a, a Darren? And Bix is like, uh-huh, and what can I do? And Tobble just goes, I'd like to rescind my previous statement. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking banter in this book is so good. It's oh. so good. It is oh. so good. It's wonderful. Yep. So they continue on, and they finally get to the point where they're, like, at a road that looks pretty familiar. And so they're like, all right, all right, we're pretty much home now. But as they're riding towards where they had first met, these poachers step out of the woods and they're like, oh my god, those are the guys that Kara ran with when we first met her. And these poachers are like, we're gonna take your pelt, kill the Wabak, blah, blah, blah. And Bix and Tobble are like, they can't give a shit about this guy. They're like, 
you, the one who couldn't kill us at the beginning of our adventure. And then Bix is basically like, I'll kill you. And the guy's like, wait, wait, what? He's like, I'll kill, I I killed the Murdano. And the guy's like, oh, fuck. And eventually <laughs> what happens is like, this turns into like a reverse psychology thing where Bix is like, go tell Kara you need a job. Tell him Bix sent you. She'll hook you up. Like, Oh my God. It's so good. It's so good. Oh my God. I love it. I love it so much. Oh, how far uh, we've come. How far we have come. So they send this guy on his way and then they come to a road that was too familiar. And Bix said, I have to go alone. And for once, Tobble didn't argue or say anything. And so Bix goes down this path and knows exactly what she's going to find at the end of it. And she finds the sun-bleached bones of her family. And she cries, and she beats the ground, and she screams, and she rages, and she has no clue how much time has passed, but she mourns in that way that she has not had a chance to do yet. And when she's done with that, she unpacks the shovel and begins to dig. And she digs this hole in the ground that's slightly shorter than her own height. And when she pulls herself out of there, she's covered in dirt and sweat and bruised, and her hands are sore... And she finds that these small red flowers had been placed on each one of the members of her family. And there's Tobble who said, this part you're not going to do alone. And so together, (laughs) together they bury her family and they mark the grave. And that night they stay in the woods not far from it. And they just have this beautiful moment of like, I'm so glad you're here for me. Which leads into the next day where they start discussing, what are we going to do? And Tobble has this, well, I was going to head back to Bossip, but that doesn't seem right anymore. And Bix is like, I thought that I would go stay with the other Darns, but that doesn't seem right anymore. And so they decide that first of all, what they would do, of course, was head back for the secret event that no one knew what it was. Um... (laughs) And so that's, they start on their journey back. But then Bix is overcome with this scent, this one that she knows so well, like it's in her soul. And it's the lake where she and her family had played. The one that she was reminded of where they had the vine where they could swing out into the water and she was always too scared to do it. And she points it out to Tobble and says, I could really go for a swim right now. And Tobble says, oh, are you still afraid of, like, swinging out on the vine? And Bix says, <laughs> always, but I think that's just my life now. And so the two of them head over there, and Bix takes a hold of the vine, and she takes a big swing out over the lake and gets all of these memories of her childhood flooding back and doing this with her family and her siblings. But this time, when she gets to the arc of the swing, she lets go and flies. Symbolism! It's so good. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. I love this so much. It's very good. It's... This is a great book. It is. 
Okay, but epilogue, though. I didn't summarize it because I wanted to read it. Is that cool? Yeah! It's like, it's like five or six pages. Is that cool? Yeah, of course. Okay. So this is the epilogue. Ten years later. All we have left to do is to hang the official portrait of the high governor and we'll be done, I said, brushing dust from my fur as I looked around with a critical eye. I gazed out the window at the bustling Isle of Scholars and the calm harbor beyond. I'd been working at the academy for years, restoring the darren level of the Pillar of Truth, but I never tired of the view. The pillar included floors devoted to the study of both darens and wabbocks. When darens had been presumed extinct, this floor had been used for storage. Now it was filled with leather-bound books, maps, drawings, and transcriptions of oral histories. My two young darren assistants, a boy and a slightly older girl, raced to lift the portrait draped in velvet. The hook was already waiting in the wall, along with a tall ladder nearby. They maneuvered precariously, but managed to get the painting attached. Shall I uncover it, Mistress Bix? asked Larix, the girl. Yes, please do. I'd already seen the portrait, but the children had not. She pulled away the drape, revealing the familiar face, older by ten years. People whispered that Kara never seemed to age, but I saw the signs. The cares of her office had added a few faint lines, along with a certain wisdom and gravity. It was the face of a woman of accomplishment. Cassandra the Great, High Governor of Nadara, ruling by the choice of a free and united people. Cassandra the Great to many. Kara, dear old friend, to me. Into the room burst two small demons in the form of human children, a boy and a girl. The twins were five years old, with the dark wavy hair of their mother and the mischievous smile of their father. Auntie Bix, do you still have any of that butterbee cake? asked Alessa. I do, if my assistants have left some, I said, pointing them to a table. They fell upon the cake like wild beasts or five-year-old humans, which I'd learned was much the same thing. <laughs> I'd recently been... <laughs> it's such a good line. I'd recently been visited by Gambler and Elise and their four children, and by comparison, the young Filovitz had been models of perfect behavior. <laughs> Renzo appeared at the doorway. Hello there, Bix, he said. Or do I have to call you Bix the Gari now? I laughed. I'd only last month been honored with the title of Gari, and I still had a hard time believing it. The label was, was reserved for the most influential and respected scholars at the Academy. Of course, I'm the only Darren Gari, I told Renzo. There aren't that many of us. Yet, anyways. Kara entered. Are horrible children bothering you? She asked as she embraced me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're monsters where cake is involved, but we'll survive. Renzo gazed up at the portrait of his wife. Pity you don't look that beautiful in real life, Kara. <laughs> I love him so much. She smacked. <laughs> it's so good. She smacked his shoulder playfully, and they linked arms, as in love as they'd ever been. Alessa dashed in front of the anteroom. We found Tobble! He was snoring, Carlo exclaimed. Snoring, came an outraged and very sleepy reply. Why, I was studying an ancient scroll about Wabbocks. I closed my eyes to think more clearly. Tobble shuffled out, rubbing sleep from his eyes. Seeing Kara, he bowed low. It was the polite thing to do when encountering a leader, and he was nothing if not polite. I was contemplating the nature of the universe, Tobble grumbled. When I was beset by these young hooligans. <laughs> Tobble hadn't yet had children with Nurble, the wonderfully patient Wabbock he'd married just a year earlier. 
Despite his complaints, he doted on the twins. Kara cocked her head at the newly hung portrait. Do I look a bit grumpy? Renzo drew her close. Not in the least. You look lovely. And I will offer to fight anyone who says different. Unless, you know, he's bigger than I am. (laughs) (laughs) I love this so much. I I wonder, Bix, said Kara, amid all the comfort and ease you have now, do you ever miss the days when we were racing from here to there in constant danger, running for our lives? No, I said, not at all. Tobble shook his head. I sure don't. Me either, Renzo agreed. Nor do I, said Kara. It didn't take a darn to know that all four of us had lied. Oh! I can't! I can't, I can't. I can't. I can't. It's so good. Oh. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Oh. I just, I love it. I love it too. I mean, I like. So many parts of this book got me. Like, when Kara was in the middle of battle, like, I was stressed out. And I was, like, I, yeah. I didn't want to stop reading. And, like, the scene where where Bix and Tobble ride out and the whole army of peace is there to salute them and yeah. cheer them. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was just, it was so... It was so good. I'm. It was. I loved it. I just. I loved it. What a good series. I loved it too. It's, it's such a good series. <sighs> I am slightly upset that Belina didn't come back, but it's okay. <laughs> oh my god, okay. A nice life. Yeah. I was so upset about Valino, and I was so upset that we never got our gambler backstory that we wanted. I, I mean, we got a little bit that he fucked once. We just got that he fucked. That's all we got. <laughs> he fucked. Great. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need to know. Um... That's not a, I don't even know why he was in jail. I know that he fucked. Why is he in jail? I'm sorry. Why was I given the details that he fucked and not the details of why he was in jail? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Yep. And and they didn't go back and free Stumpy from his from his horrible prison. Of his oh, mind. Stumpy. Mm. Oh, God. Oh, Stump. I hope we get, like, a, like another another book where they do all these things. Novella! Novella! Time for a novella! This would... Maybe we should tweet at Catherine and Michael because this would do great on their new website project. <gasps> what? What's that? Uh, th- Michael Grant announced... Uh, a couple weeks ago now that they were just going to be putting up their own website where they had either places you could buy their works or like they were just going to publish 
short stories that they hadn't like sold anywhere yet for free that you can just read. Oh, cool. Yeah. And they were going to try to separate it into like Catherine's work, Michael's work and together work. And okay. like, yeah, they're just working on this website project together. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I do too. Freaking love that. That's great. I'm so so excited. So I hope that we get like little vignettes of Endling there. <gasps> Write fan fiction of your own series, please. <laughs> Is it fan fiction if it's their series? I don't. Write fiction of the not fan variety of your own series, please. Oh. Yes, please. Oh. We should tweet at them. Okay, but things that happened that I liked. Uh, okay, yes. but like well, I like that Bix didn't end up with anybody. But like yes. Our theory about Maxon wasn't proven. He wasn't evil. Maxon wasn't anything. I like I mean, I don't Fair think it dude. was it was explicitly said, but I think we were right that Maxon was just a spare dude. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. It's fine. But I do like that Big Sim didn't end up with anybody. Oh, me too. And that Bix and Tobble were still like working together, hanging out together. Like Yeah. 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 Yep. 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 I like to think that at the end, when they're restoring the Darren floor, that she's the one who wrote all the books and the maps of of the Darren info, or at least contributed some of it, because that would tie in with the earlier thing where where she was writing everything she knew about Darren's in the Luca notebook. Oh, for sure, that has to be what happened. Right. And, like, especially, because didn't she comment that, like, she wasn't the the orator or whatever they called it in the Darren culture, but then, like, she was told in, like, book one or whatever, or book two, I guess, that, like, you are now because nobody else is qualified. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Foreshadowing. Uh, foreshadowing. I love it. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it too. Oh, and I loved I loved that that like the final battle that Kara had with the with the guys was kind of foreshadowed by her battle with her cousin and the boulder. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like setting up for, for this final thing. Except she got much more injured this time around. She got much more injured, but like Oh my god. So appropriate though. It was just so good. I just loved it. Oh, Ugh. Ugh, Kara, my heart. Oh, she's so good. She is so good. I'm so glad though that I mean not glad because I know it was like a horrible thing for her, but that Bix got the final blow. To kill the Murdana. Yeah. 
Yeah, like Kara like cleared away most of it, but Bix yeah got the final stab. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I love fitting. That. Yeah. I love that too. Oh man. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Like when Renzo was trying to get to Kara, but his way was blocked. That just uh-huh. makes me think of Return of the King, where they're fighting at the gates of Mordor to try and distract the armies from Frodo getting to the Mountain Doom. And, like, Aragorn's, like, getting cut down by that big cave troll and Legolas is trying to get to him. I just... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't... Like, I just... All the Lord of the Rings vibes in this book just, like, like gave me so many feelings. Like, Oh my god, yeah. Jesus. I mean, Kara uh, fought a literal cave troll, like, with a cobra a head. Snake troll, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have a cave troll. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Yeah, I just, it was so good. I loved it. It was so good. I want more, though! Like, I feel like... I want more as well. Yeah, I feel like we skimmed the surface on a lot of things, and I want, like, a deep dive. Let me go ahead and tweet Catherine right now and ask why was Gambler in jail? (laughs) Obviously, obviously from the Animorphs Anonymous account. Yes. At Catherine. (laughs) Live on the podcast. Why was Gambler in I'm... Please, please don't typo this. She's an author in jail, (laughs) question mark. Oh, wait, I'll add in hashtag, because I know how the socials work, in Endling. (laughs) Question. Thank you, exclamation point. I don't know why, but I'm doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Done. She has been tweeted at. Oh, God. done (laughs) we'll have this solved by tomorrow she's never gonna fucking answer i don't know she might (laughs) she might but (laughs) she might and then she'll be like oh hey that's that animorphs podcast that i was supposed to listen to (laughs) she would not you wrote down you wrote down the name of the podcast when you met her right i did she asked me multiple times and she wrote it down but still okay She's um, gonna listen to those. Oh no! <laughs> okay, but uh, what the fuck was I gonna tell you? <laughs> I'm sorry, I interrupted <laughs> you. I derailed no, your train of thought. It's fine. It's gone now, though. It's absolutely no. gone. <laughs> no, no. I want to know. We're- we're gonna. I. I mean, I do too, but I. I don't know what it was. <laughs> oh but dear. We're gonna. We're gonna find out why gamblers in jail. Yay! Because he was a bad boy. Or he, he was, was a, a bad good boy. boy, and he got taken out by bad people. He's a bad boy. <laughs> it's Billy Eilish. Oh. <laughs> I think. Well, there you go. 
Who yes. knows? Prob- Anyways. Prob- I don't know. I don't know what the kids listen to. <laughs> me either. That's the problem. BTS. Okay, my mom asked me what BTS was. Like, oh. the word... The word of BTS has reached the ears of of my mom's generation, and that's just very weird to me. Hey, what does BTS stand for? She asked me that too, and I could not answer. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Marisa question or a Lily question, because because they are stands or something. I mean, I've listened to Butter. Which is a BTS song. Yeah. There's like one song of theirs on one of my mixes, but like they're mm-hmm. fine. They're fine. They're they're very pretty. Um I'm sure they're all very nice boys. And uh that's all I know. <laughs> is it bad that the only thing I can think of is that the B T stands for boys too, and then the S is something else? Boys to Seoul, because they're from South Korea. That's my headcanon. What does... Googling stuff with Casey and Alex. There's people screaming at us right now. I just know. What does BTS stand for? (laughs) Uh, Bangtan boys. Wait, what book? Oh, Bangtan. I'm going to butcher some Korean right now. Uh, All right. uh, Bangtan Sonyeondan. Which translates to mean Bulletproof Boy Scouts. Alright. Yeah. Alright. So, there you go. I'm sorry I said... I'm sorry I spoke Korean very, very badly. Don't at me. I'm extremely white. Don't at me. (laughs) I... There's nothing that I could have done better. You nailed it. Well, on that terrible disappointment, um, what else? (laughs) I, I got nothing else. Should we? This book stands on its own like so much that I got. I have nothing else to add other than fangirling over it repeatedly. But like, yeah. Oh God, I want to draw fan art. I I know I say this every episode, but I got to do it. I got. You if only I didn't have it. a nine hundred page web comic to make, I would fucking just <laughs> drop Endling fan art all day. Honestly, I would love to do some Endling fan art, but if I do that before I get to all the other things that I promised to people, you got I dinosaurs to paint. We got dinosaurs to paint for the escape room. I have a trade going on so I can get a crochet of her sister who is a witch. Oh, you, you found somebody to do that? Thank you, Mike. Mike. Yeah, I did. That's awesome. right. That's right. Somebody emailed anonymousanimals at gmail.com and oh, awesome. uh, fucking hooked me up. Nice. So, that's excellent. That's, that's right. Great news. That's exactly. I'm so excited. I, I owe a few paintings in return, but I'm very excited. Awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I have other shit to do, but I also promised to redraw the DNDB characters, so. Ooh, you know, I want to draw them too. Please, please take it <laughs> off my plate. I would, oh, no. I would so love that. So, so, so much. <laughs> oh, I'm begging you. <laughs> okay, everyone's got to send me descriptions though, because I don't know where they are. I got you, because I have them all from when I drew them. 
<laughs> Excellent. Um, all right. Well, all of our art obligations aside, what what do we do now? We finished Endling. All three books. We finished it. Uh-huh. We're going to do Frontlines next. The Frontlines trilogy. I think it's a trilogy. Um, it is. I have no idea how we're going to break those up. Because I was looking Not at... Not a single clue. Yeah. I was looking at my book today and I was like, well, uh, it's in two parts. And the book is very thick. Uh, it's very, very thick. So we might have to like do like part one, part one. Or something. I love that. <laughs> like, part one, part one, part one, part, part one, two, part, part two, part one, part two, part two. That's horrible. I think oh you cracked God. it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> I I love it. I think that this is correct. That's part a, one, part that, one, part one, part two, part two, part a, one, part two, part two. That's a very bad sound. These are very bad <laughs> sounds. Very bad things to write. Oh God! I love okay. it. I'm rolling with it. <laughs> Stay tuned for Front Lines Part 1, Part 1. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. I've been overruled. Yeah. I'm super excited to go to a Michael Grant series. Like, I'm really excited for it. I mean, one, I've read the first Front Lines book, but like, I'm very excited for this series. I'm scared. Like, I'm a little just- scared. Okay, yeah, because, like, I am all about women doing stuff and being awesome, but it always makes me a little scared, too, because I'm like, am I going to feel emotions? Because, like, as a woman, I feel some of this shit. Like, am I going to get very upset because men or something? You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. No, I, I do know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess I'm we'll just, find I'm out. so excited. Okay. We'll find yeah. out. Yeah, me too. All right. We will find out. Shall we leave our breadcrumb trail to potentially contacting us and viewing slash listening to our other work and then happily skip off into the sunset with our friends Bix and Tobble? I would love to. And if you would like to tell me about how much you love Bix and Tobble and the Endlink series, you can do that at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com or applegrantbookclub at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook at Animorphs Anonymous or Apple Grant Book Club, or you can join our super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites. Um, you can also Instagram or tweet at us at Animorphs Anon or at Apple Grant Cast. Yep. Perfect. I, one of these days I'm going to say it with confidence. So it's either Apple Grant Cast or Animorphs Anon. And you can contact us any which one of those ways. Anywhere you want to. That's the way we are it. Yeah. Yes. Um. Also, you could come to our Discord server, our Animorphs Anonymous Discord server, um, and we are there, and we talk to other cool people about Animorphs and other things that are not Animorphs. Just, like, anything you could possibly want. Like, it's there. Um, there's been a lot of really cute pet pictures lately, which I enjoy very mm. much. Babies! Yeah, there has. Babies. Yes. 
Baby. So if you want to come join us in our little playgroup, you can hit us up on any of our socials. We'll get you the link to that. My yeah. favorite this week was Charmander, the bearded lizard, just hanging in her hammock, chilling oh, the fuck out. Little dragon friends. I know. And they're like, have you ever seen anybody so cozy? No, I have fucking not. Fucking not with a heat lamp? Oh, man, that's the life. Oh, in a hammock. Okay. That um, is the life. I forgot. Also, we are uploading episodes of Animorphs Anonymous to our YouTube page that we share with Cadmus Crisis. Um, you can find that on YouTube at Strong Shape International and catch up on old Animorphs Anonymous podcasts. I just put up the sickness this week. Wah-ah-ah-ah. And, uh, Wah. yeah. Well, what if, what if I oh. am protesting YouTube for inhumane treatment of videos and I oh. just want to get a webcomic? Oh, okay. Um, Please. There's a webcomic that I know about. And it is mine that I make and draw and create and love. It's called B-Side You. It is free to read. Oh, wow. It is free to read at bsideyoucomic.com. It is free to read on Webtoons and Tapas. It is less free to read at my Patreon, but you can get early work in progress pages and you can get like early pages before anyone else. I am already in chapter five, but if you go read it for free, I will still be in chapter four. So you can read like many, many pages ahead if you go to Patreon and, uh, yeah, you can do any of those things that I just mentioned. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and recommend you become a Patreon because Casey is taking on big coffee this week on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> TM, TM, big coffee. Big coffee. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> just delightful. What the Oh my god. Stunning. <laughs> your, your delight in it got me. Like, I started dying laughing because you were laughing so hard. <laughs> oh no. Oh shit. Yes. Oh, oh my god, that was my favorite thing. <laughs> wow. Oof. Oh shit. Um, well... After I've done all of that nonsense, um, I really would like to listen to more podcasts that feature that sultry voice of one Miss Alex. Uh, can I do that? And where, if so? Uh, like what, like what kind of podcast are you looking for? Oh, you know, like podcasts about Animorphs or like, you know, like Animorphs related okay. things like animals or maybe... Things not related to animorphs at all. Like boys. <laughs> well. Do you cover um, any or all animorphs. of those topics? <laughs> I, I might be able to help you out. Let me see. Um, if you want to talk about more animorph stuff, I am on a podcast called Dungeons and Dragon Beams. It is a uh, an Animorphs AU homebrew Dungeons and Dragons game where uh, we practice all sorts of cool new rules. And I do that with a bunch of boys that are extremely fun and very funny. 
And um, I bring them down every week. <laughs> Just kidding. They're wonderful. Um, the most wonderful, of course, is our is our beautiful GM, Austin, who if you ask him to say Louisville for you, he will do so as many times as you ask him because he is honestly the most beautiful human on the planet. So <laughs> just ask him, say, hey, hey, Austin, say Louisville and just just enjoy it. Just enjoy the ride, honestly. Um, but if you don't want to listen to animals, but still like animals, but also like other Animorphs podcasters, then do I have a podcast for you? It's called <laughs> Horse Girls. It's where the incredible Tim, or as I call him, Moth, and the incredibly funny and amazing and insightful Jenna go through the Heartland books. And I say that very loosely because it's really a podcast about nonsense, but it's a lot of fun. So Yay. Horse Girls, check it out. We're hot dogs all the way down. We have stickers. It's great. Um, and then if you want to listen to a podcast about a boy, I am on one called Cadmus to Crisis, which is about a pretty super boy. Yeah, so we redo the uh, famous 90s comic Superboy. And right now we are in the ravers. So it's just like, like all the time. Yeah, yeah. that's what I like. It's space rave. So yeah. It's pretty fucking great. So yeah, check all of those out. It's fun. Yay! For me. For me. <laughs> For me. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think it is fun for me. Now blow the candle out, my dear, and make your wish come true. <laughs> <laughs> That's. I thought you were going Mad Hatter for a minute, so I just I rolled with it. I loved it. I was so excited. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Edwin. Well, <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Here we are. We did it. On the precipice of a new adventure. The edge of glory. Jumping into a pool Vixen of our dreams. Tumble. Oh. Me too. <laughs> I'm going to miss them, Casey. I'm going to miss all these characters. We can read the books again at any time. But yes. I guess that's true. So much. I'll draw them. Okay. Gold Tobble stickers is my goal. Please. I need the. Oh my God. I'll stick them on everything. I have this design for King Tobble sticker in my mind. I just have to draw it. And I'm really afraid I won't be able to to draw it the way I want it. So I've been putting it off, but I'm going to try. Ah, shit. All right. Well, let's get out of here so we can get ready for our next adventure. Front lines. Front lines. Story about war. Women in the army and stuff. Fight, fight Nazis, punching them in the face. Right. Gonna blow some shit up. Yay! Whee! Okay. Bye!